Good Friday morning. That major winter storm on the move and taking a toll. With millions in the danger zone this morning. It's January 19th, Friday. This is today. States of emergency. That dangerous winter weather that's led to deaths, damage, and caused this plane to skid off an icy runway. Now taking aim up and down the East Coast. The morning commute, a mess. Airport delays stacking up. Al's got the forecast and the impact on your weekend plans. Breaking overnight, fire in the sky. Dramatic video showing flames and sparks shooting out of a Boeing jet in Miami. Oh my God, it's on fire. Just ahead, the emergency landing and what the airline believes was behind that frightening scene. Make or break, Nikki Haley stepping up her attacks with the New Hampshire primary just four days away. Who lost the House for us? Who lost the Senate? Who lost the White House? Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. A live report from the campaign trail while in Washington overnight and moved to avoid the next government shutdown. For now, we'll have the very latest. New twist, Scott Peterson serving a life sentence for killing his wife gets a new shot of hope. The famed Innocence Project takes his case, claiming new evidence shows he's not guilty. Could the convicted murderer be granted a new trial 20 years later? Those stories plus morning boost. There's a new reason to reach for a multivitamin each day, improving your memory. Who should take them and when should you start? We'll break it all down. And ready for kickoff. Hi, Nancy. Football stars and fans from coast to coast gearing up for another huge weekend of playoff action. And we'll have everything you need to know ahead of the big showdowns to decide the NFL's final four today, Friday, January 19th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi there, everybody. Good morning. It's Friday. Nice to have you along with us. Yeah, good to see you. Got a lot to get to, including two alarming plane incidents making headlines. An Atlas Air Boeing plane forced to make an emergency landing in Miami overnight after an engine malfunction. It caused sparks to shoot out of the wing of that jet. Okay, and then look what happened in upstate New York. An American Airlines plane skidded off the runway. Of course, that's because of the snowy and icy conditions impacting much of the country today. That relentless, brutal winter weather is our top story, of course, with nearly 100 million Americans under some kind of weather alert this morning. We've got Al standing by. He's going to tell us what to expect today and this whole weekend. Let's get started with NBC's Emily Aketa. She's just outside Buffalo at a snow-covered Hamburg, New York. Emily, good morning. Hey, good morning to you. This is what you'll see around every corner in this western New York neighborhood, these towering snow piles as crews are running out of places to push the snow. And while we are seeing the snowfall this morning slightly slow down, there is more on the way, which means for some residents, it's only going to get even more difficult to access their doorstep. As residents nationwide dig out from the latest blast of winter, This morning, millions are bracing for even more dangerous weather. Roadways from coast to coast, treacherous. This car in New York slamming into a snowplow while trying to pass a truck. And frightening moments in Rochester when an American Airlines plane skidded off a taxiway because of snowy conditions. Aircraft is off the AQ and he is over the whole show. Emergency crews rushing to get 53 people safely off the aircraft. Parts of western New York blanketed by more than five feet of lake effect snow, burying local businesses and shuttering schools all week in Buffalo. (laughs) 
There's so much snow here, you can't even tell that's a car behind you. No, you can't really tell that's a car. Nearly 50 people have died over the last week as a result of the perilous weather, including three family members after a power line fell onto their car in icy Portland, Oregon. The only survivor, a nine-month-old baby, a witness rescuing the child. I just grabbed the baby, I pulled him up, and I walked him up the hill. 16 people have died in Tennessee alone, which is now under a state of emergency. As sub-zero wind chills and more snow sets in across the country. But some moments of hope and daring rescues, including one by a four-legged friend. Call her! Call her! In Michigan, after first responders were unable to reach a man who fell through the ice on a lake, his dog, Ruby, bringing over a rescue disc. The man eventually pulled to safety. And looking at flight disruptions across the country, already this morning there are more than 600 flights canceled. That's almost as many as we saw in all of yesterday. And you may remember the Bills game was postponed last weekend. Officials are hoping this Sunday's playoff game will have a different fate. They're calling on locals to come help shovel the snow. Savannah, maybe that's my next stop. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, the Bills, what do they call it? The Bills Mafia. Yeah, Get those exactly. shovels out. That'll mm-hmm. be fun. Team building exercise. Al's got, got his eye on this storm. Mm-hmm. What do you see? That's right. And building on what Emily just said, there is a ground stop right now at Washington Ray, uh, Reagan Airport, Airport, and they're expecting a ground stop or at least delays at LaGuardia in the next hour or so. 77 million people here in the Northeast, the Midwest, under winter weather advisory, storm watches, storm warnings. You can see now that snow starting to fill in on the radar from Washington, Atlantic City, starting to get into New York City, also back through the Mississippi River Valley. So this storm quickly accelerates off the East Coast. It's going to be a disruptive snow, mid-Atlantic, the Northeast, but the good news is it's a quick mover, so that'll get out of here. Our friends, though, along the eastern side of the Great Lakes, they're going to be suffering with strong winds, uh, drifting snow, slippery travel. Snowfall amounts from South Bend will see about six to eight inches. Cleveland, Erie also, as you get just to the north of Ithaca, New York, Appalachians, six to eight inches of snow, two to three inches generally everywhere else. 59 million people under wind chill warnings, advisories, or watches all the way from the Gulf to the Plains. Right now, it feels like minus five in Chicago, five in Denver, minus 10 in Minneapolis. Nashville, you feel like 22 degrees. And look at these wind chills going into the weekend on Saturday. It feels like minus 14 in Chicago, minus two in Denver, minus 15 in Minneapolis, four degrees in Washington, D.C. But the good news is we are going to get a little bit of a break. But for today, minus 11 in Omaha, 15 in Lexington, feels like 13. And tomorrow, that bitter cold continues. But again, what we are going to be seeing is a warm-up. We'll look at that coming up next week, but we got to get there first. Guys. All right. Look, 30 degrees will feel warmer, Brad. I know. Compared to what we've seen. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Al. All right. Let's go now to that breaking news out of South Florida overnight. Take a look at this. Flames and sparks shooting out of a cargo plane shortly after it took off from Miami International Airport. The crew was forced to turn around to make an emergency landing. NBC's Stephanie Goss joins us now with the very latest. Hey, Steph, good morning. Hey, good morning, Hoda. It was a scary scene. Somehow the plane was able to land safely. Now, questions are mounting about what went wrong on this Boeing plane just weeks after that dangerous moment with a door plug blowing off on a different Boeing aircraft. Oh, my God, it's on fire. Overnight, another scare in the skies. Mayday, mayday. Flames shooting out of a plane in midair, forcing the aircraft to make an emergency landing. Engine fire. Request section back to the airport. The Atlas Air Cargo flight sparked after it took off from Miami International Airport. 
The plane thankfully able to return and land safely. No one on board was injured. In a statement, the airline, which specializes in cargo and charter flights, says the plane experienced an engine malfunction soon after departure and that they will conduct a thorough inspection to determine the cause. The plane was a Boeing 747, according to FlightAware data. The incident coming just weeks after a different Boeing aircraft, a 737 MAX 9, was forced to make an emergency landing after one of its door plugs fell off midair. And our job is to understand literally everything that has happened and make sure it can never happen again. The FAA is investigating and temporarily grounded 171 Boeing MAX 9 aircrafts for inspection in the process. The crew of the Atlas Air Flight now safely out of harm's way after leaving a fiery trail through the sky. We've reached out to the FAA and have not yet heard back. Overnight, Boeing declined to comment. It had to have been some terrifying moments for that flight crew, guys. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. Meanwhile, it may be bitterly cold in New Hampshire, but things are heating up on the campaign trail. Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, all hosting events there today ahead of Tuesday's First in the Nation primary. Kristen Welker, moderator of Meet the Press, has made her way to Manchester. Kristen, good morning. So it's the final stretch. Trump still far ahead in the polls, but Nikki Haley in firm second place. So how do you see this playing out? Savannah, good morning. You're right. This is a more competitive race than we saw in Iowa. Trump still has the lead. He's about 14 points ahead of Nikki Haley. But her supporters think she can still pull this off. At one point, she was trailing him by single digits, but he's got a lot of momentum coming out of Iowa. Look at that poll there. He leads 50% to Haley's 36%. What does she need to do to win? She needs independent voters to turn out strong for her. She's got to win over a lot of those supporters of Chris Christie. Of course, he dropped out of the race. So what can you expect in these closing days of the race, Savannah? Expect Trump, expect Haley to ramp up their attacks. We saw that overnight. Former President Trump saying of Haley, quote, she has no chance of winning the White House. Haley, meanwhile, getting personal, saying Trump feels threatened and insecure about her candidacy. What about Ron DeSantis? Well, he has all but set his sights on Haley's home state, Savannah, of South Carolina, a sign that he is not feeling confident here. He is trailing in a distant third place, but things really heating up, as you say, as we get closer to Tuesday's primary. Yeah, and Kristen, a lot going on in Washington as well. Congress struck a deal to avoid a government shutdown overnight, another one of those stopgap measures, kicking it down the road till March. But there's a huge fight going on in a negotiation over a bill that would fund Ukraine and Israel, but also provide for border security. And the Republican House Speaker, Mike Johnson, is right in the middle of it. They're close to a deal but he's backing off and now facing backlash. Can you kind of lay out what's happening there? First, let's talk about how he got that short-term stopgap deal that you just talked about, Savannah, to fund the government. It was with Democratic support. The second time the newly installed House Speaker has worked with Democrats to keep the government open. Remember, that's what cost former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy his job. So in terms of this new funding deal, He is reaching across the aisle. He's working with Democrats again. You have a lot of hard-run Republicans, including former President Trump, saying, don't strike a deal with Democrats right now. You're going to give President Joe Biden a gift heading into a re-election year. More moderate Republicans, those who live in border states, for example, like Congressman Dan Crenshaw, saying, quote, if we can get a deal, that's a no-brainer, effectively saying, 
don't hold up this deal because you oppose things like aid to Ukraine. Let's get something done on the border. It is a crisis. And Republicans like Crenshaw believe this is their best chance to get something done with Democrats for that very reason, because they are feeling the political pressure, too, heading into 2024. Savannah. All right, Kristen, thank you. Of course, Kristen's going to have a lot more from New Hampshire Sunday morning on Meet the Press. Also this morning, there's new fallout over the Justice Department's scathing review of law enforcement's botched response to the 2022 massacre at Robb Elementary in uh, Uvalde, Texas. Twenty one people, including 19 children, were killed and the DOJ is calling it, quote, a failure that should not have happened. NBC's Morgan Chesky's in Uvalde. Morgan, the DOJ isn't mincing words in this one. Yeah, Hoda, it's not. In fact, this report could not be more clear, saying that lives could have been saved inside Robb Elementary had law enforcement acted properly. And now this more than 600-page report is reopening old wounds for the families of the victims that even a year and a half later have yet to heal. In Uvalde, Texas, new calls for accountability this morning. I hope that the failures end today. After the Justice Department released a damning assessment of the horrific 2022 mass shooting at Robb Elementary School, the federal government blasting the response by law enforcement. This was a failure of leadership. In a more than 600-page report, the DOJ outlines what it calls cascading failures of leadership, decision-making, tactics, policy, and training. Dude, we got to get in there. A key focus, 77 minutes that went by before officers engaged with the shooter. An 18-year-old with an AR-15. Among the issues the report raises, no one assumed a leadership role. Calling the biggest mistake, officers treating the situation as a barricaded threat and not an active shooter. Had the law enforcement agencies followed generally accepted practices in an active shooter situation, lives would have been saved and people would have survived. Another disturbing revelation, a wounded teacher who first responders left on a walkway outside the school, died there. The DOJ says police also gave conflicting and incorrect information. An official incorrectly told families waiting for their children at the Civic Center that an additional bus of survivors was coming. It did not. The report offering nearly 300 recommendations for law enforcement nationwide. Berlinda Ariola, whose granddaughter, 10-year-old Amory Joe died, says the report confirms what she already witnessed on police body cam videos. They had the opportunity to go in and they didn't. So far, only a handful of officers have been disciplined. Kimberly Rubio's 10-year-old daughter, Lexi, also among the young victims. Rubio now hopes the release of this report leads to consequences. Do you believe that there will be accountability now? It's hard to remain optimistic when we've hit so many roadblocks along the way, but I plan on fighting for accountability. And in response to the release of this federal report, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has said that they've bolstered security in schools and will be adopting at least some of the aforementioned recommendations. As for Uvalde, the city says it has undergone significant leadership changes. They're conducting their own internal review, and that should be wrapped up by the end of the month. All right. Morgan Chesky for us there in Uvalde. Morgan, thanks. And a quarter after the hour, we got Craig on another story we're following. We've been following it too, Savannah. Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. We've been following signs in recent months that the economy is slowly rebounding. But this morning, there are some conflicting signals when it comes to some key indicators. 
the price of prescription drugs going up, mortgage rates going down. So what does it all mean for consumers? Let's bring in NBC's senior business correspondent, Christine Romans. Christine, good Friday to you. So we're talking about roughly 700 prescription drugs, prices going up. But give us some perspective here. How does this compare to previous price hikes and what's behind it? Do we know? Let's look at the headline. The headline here is on about 700 drugs, prices rising. So in January, this is when they tend, the drug companies tend to raise prices. So 775 different brand name drugs, median price increase of four and a half percent. That's more than inflation. But some perspective, a decade ago, these were 10, 15 percent sometimes every year. So rising a little more slowly. And the drug companies tell us, look, on many of these drugs, what you pay won't be for four or five percent more. It'll actually be a little bit less because of the deals they have with their insurance companies. So just looking at some of these prices, uh, Ozempic um, now up three and a half percent in January, $970 a month there. A Manjaro four and a half uh, percent. That makes it more than a thousand dollars a month. Those are I put those on there because they're very popular drugs right now and just sort of showing you that because of inflation, the companies say, because of demand, because they can, some of these prices are rising. But wasn't the Biden administration working with the pharmaceuticals yes. to get prices down on things like insulin, really pricey drugs? And when you look behind these numbers, you can see insulin and inhalers, those prices are falling. And that's because of the Inflation Reduction Act. It is now the law that some of these drugs uh, cannot be rising faster than inflation. So you're seeing some areas where drug prices are declining. And this year, the administration will be negotiating, Medicare will be negotiating with drug companies on very popular drugs, keeping those prices low. So you're seeing a much better pricing situation in the drug drug world okay. than we have in years past. Let's talk about the housing market. Yes. Good news. Mortgage rates are falling a bit. <sighs> Finally, yes. And I think this is really important. Fannie Mae is also forecasting you're going to get a below 6% by the oh, end of the year. 6% wow. by the end of the year. So that is really an improvement from way up above 8%. And you have a lot of people who still have mortgages below 5%. And so they're not doing anything. I call it the golden handcuffs in the housing market. They're not doing anything because their mortgage is so low. So if we see mortgage rates start to fall a little bit this year, hopefully that means more people can get in this yeah. game and can and, and can try to, to buy a home. And refinance. And refinance, right? Yeah. I mean, home prices have been pretty high still. Um, and home sales have been a little moribund. So wow, that's Weird word to say. It's like an SAT word. It's proud of you, Moribund. Friday morning. Word of the day, Moribund. Bring it it. up. Thank you. Mr. Roker, how about a check of the rest of the I saw Christine in the makeup room flipping to a thesaurus. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she does. Okay, boom, Moribund. I like it. All right. (laughs) Let's show you what we've got. Uh, Again, we've got snow going to be causing some problems in the Northeast. It's not going to be a a paralyzing situation. That's for sure. Much colder conditions down through Texas, all the way up into the Plains where he got an Arctic chill. Things finally kind of quieting down out west. Sunshine through the southwest. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks. Thanks. Still ahead, a surprising new development in the Scott Peterson case. As his push to have his murder conviction overturned goes on, Liz Kreutz following that story. Hi, Liz. Hey, Savannah. Hey, guys. Yeah, the L.A. Innocence Project has now taken on Scott Peterson's case. They say that newly discovered evidence supports his longstanding theory that he's innocent. We're going to look at what their theory is and what this all means coming up. All right, Liz, thanks. Plus, the next stop's on the road to the Super Bowl. We're going to head into a huge weekend of playoff action with an epic matchup, a couple of them, and something that star quarterback Patrick Mahomes has never done. Kaylee Hartung will get us ready for the big games. But first, this is Today on NBC. Adam Shank, 
one of the most amazing holes in one you'll ever see at the American Express out in California. I gotta Wait, see let's this see again. it again. Down and in. Because did he the... try to catch it in the drink? No. no. We don't know. No. By the way, when you hit a ball into the drink, that's not usually what they're talking about. <laughs> exactly. No. I mean, that's amazing. Wow. That's more impressive wow. than a traditional hole in one. Yeah, sure. That is. Moving wow. target. Hey. Yeah. All right, so you can, of course, catch complete coverage of the American Express throughout the weekend on the Golf Channel and on Peacock. All right, meanwhile, we're going to start this half hour with quite the unexpected new development in the Scott Peterson case. As you probably know, he was convicted of murdering his pregnant wife, Lacey, two decades ago. He's serving a life sentence without parole in California. But now that notorious case is being taken up by a group that says its mission is to exonerate the wrongly convicted, the well-known Innocence Project. NBC's Liz Kreutz has the story. Liz, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Yes, Scott Peterson has always maintained his innocence, arguing he received an unfair trial. Now in court filings, attorneys for the L.A. Innocence Project say Peterson's constitutional rights were violated and they are seeking new evidence to overturn his conviction. This morning, a new twist in a notorious murder trial. The Los Angeles Innocence Project taking up the case of convicted killer Scott Peterson. He's currently serving a life sentence without parole for the 2002 murder of his wife, Lacey, who was eight months pregnant with their unborn child, Connor. At the time, investigators said Peterson dumped their bodies from his fishing boat into San Francisco Bay, where they surfaced months later. Peterson was convicted in 2004 and sentenced to death the following year. The case capturing the nation's attention, inspiring countless books and TV shows. Scott Peterson, show us your hands. Close your hands. In 2020, California's Supreme Court overturned his death sentence, citing jury selection errors by the trial judge. Peterson was resentenced to life without parole, but denied a new trial in 2022. In court filings, including a motion for new DNA testing, the LA Innocence Project says new evidence now supports Mr. Peterson's longstanding claim of innocence. Attorneys citing updated witness statements are pointing to several areas of interest, among them a burglary the week of the murder across the street from the Petersons' home. They say Lacey may have witnessed the men breaking into the house. They're also looking at this burned-out orange van found nearby, which they say contained a bloodstained mattress. The Innocence Project wants to conduct new DNA testing to determine if it was Lacey Peterson's blood. The new motion revolves around a theory that Lacey Peterson was killed by burglars. If you find the same DNA on the items from the Medina burglary, from the van and from the shore of San Francisco Bay, that's the storyline. Peterson's attorney says his team is very excited to have the L.A. Innocence Project lend their considerable expertise to helping prove Scott Peterson's innocence. Scott Peterson's family has long believed he was wrongly convicted. There is no forensic evidence. There is no timeline to this crime. Scott Peterson is innocent. But prosecutors have argued Peterson's behavior following Lacey's disappearance, including sporting different hair colors and carrying $10,000 in cash when he was arrested not far from the U.S.-Mexico border, demonstrated his guilt. Now, so far, Lacey Peterson's family has not commented on any of this. The L.A. Innocence Project is a spinoff of The Innocence Project, co-founded by former O.J. Simpson attorney Barry Sheck, to use DNA and other scientific advancements to prove wrongful conviction. All right. So it's a long legal road. What what would happen next? Could it actually head to a retrial? 
Yeah, Savannah, I mean, that is the big question now. Over the years, Peterson has made many attempts to get his case retried. None of them have been successful. A judge will likely review this new filing and then determine whether there should be at least a hearing to look at some of this evidence. I did speak to a former Modesto police detective last night who was one of the lead investigators in this case. He says these new filings do nothing to change his opinion. In fact, he told me, I'm confident we got the right guy, Savannah. All right, we'll continue to watch it, Liz. Thank you. Still ahead, Prince Harry set to receive a Living Legend Award tonight. The details behind that honor and why it's courting a lot of controversy. First, though, uh, what a boost your memory, folks. Well, if you do, could be time to start getting very strict about taking that multivitamin every day. What a potentially game-changing new study is revealing. We'll have that for you right after this. Where's the car? Well, I, I thought it was here. You don't know where we parked? <laughs> this is great. Look, I thought it was green 22. I remember orange. I thought it was orange. I didn't pay attention. Oh, this is just what I mean. <laughs> We've all Never been there. But I yeah. actually have like a recurring nightmare yeah. about, you know, where yeah. you're trying to oh, get yeah. the horns to song yeah. Yeah. to haunt for you. Anyway, if you're like the gang from Seinfeld, you might be experiencing some memory problems yes. from time to time. Yes. And of course, memory loss is a very serious concern for all of us as we age. But what if there was a simple way, very simple way to slow it down? Wow. This morning, new research suggests a daily multivitamin, that's it, may help and potentially delay cognitive aging by, get this, two years. So here with more on that is NBC medical contributor, Dr. Uh, Tara Narula. Dr. Narula, this, you know, they talk about a magic bullet. It's like, wait, (laughs) it's always been on the shelves in the drugstore all this time and we haven't paid attention. Tell us about this. Yeah, so a third of Americans take multivitamins. They've been around since the 1940s. And so this study was really a large nationwide, very high-quality study that looked to see if giving older Americans over 60 a daily multivitamin could, in fact, slow cognitive aging. In the first part of the study, they looked at about 5,000 Americans. They gave them web, telephone, and in-person assessments of their cognitive function. And they found, as you mentioned, that it did seem to slow cognitive aging by about two years, those who took the multivitamin on a daily basis. Now, there was improvement both in global cognitive function, Mm -hmm. which means your ability to plan, reason, your attention, and also what they call episodic memory, which is really your ability to recall day-to-day life events. Then they looked at a smaller sub-study of about 500 of those individuals who got just the in-person assessments, and they again saw benefit with that episodic memory in terms of improving or slowing that decline. Now, it's not the perfect study, right? So it was only really a white population, so it does need to be replicated in broader racial or ethnic groups. Also, it looked at Centrum Silver. So for those people who take Centrum Silver, this is good That's news. That's what Roker's been talking about <laughs> forever. That's Centrum Silver. That's his thing. I, I, I read about it in Consumer Reports two years ago. Wow. Yep. And my, mom, my mom just told me this morning she takes it. She's, okay. Maybe that's why I'm so healthy. Um, but we don't know if it applies to other multivitamins. Uh, and also, we don't know the specific micronutrients in the vitamin that yeah. might be having this effect. Yeah. So but you mentioned that the study group was over 60. Right. But should any, I mean, should everyone just start doing this? I mean, more is better? It's a great question, right? So these populations that were studied were older. So we don't really know, but typically multivitamins are considered safe. Um, It is true that in some high doses, things like vitamin A, C, or E can have some risk. So you should definitely talk to your doctor about it. But as you mentioned, this could have a real public health impact to find something that's safe, that's affordable, Mm -hmm. that's accessible, um, that's in most people's houses already. Um, that, That has real value. And the 
really is no FDA-approved intervention right now for healthy asymptomatic adults that can slow cognitive aging. Besides taking this this daily multivitamin, Dr. Nerula, other things that, that folks can do to perhaps slow down cognitive decline as, as they keep that brain sharp? So the good news is a lot of the things we recommend for preventing cancer and cardiovascular disease are the same for cognitive decline, right? So you want to exercise, you want to eat a well-rounded, healthy diet, manage stress and mental health conditions, limit alcohol, avoid smoking. Um, You also want to basically control hearing or or deal with any hearing loss Mm -hmm. because we know that can also affect cognitive function. Um, And so there are a lot of things people can do just in terms of their lifestyle. Um, And staying socially connected is also important as we get older. Sense of community. All right. Thank you, Dr. Nerula. How about that, Al? You're on top of that. Sense well, yourself yeah. already. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> just trying. But, but you do all the things, yeah, you too. Do all the things. I mean, it's not, yeah. not well, just If I did all the things, I wouldn't look like this. But <laughs> anyway, hey, if they would only make Centrum in a Flintstones gummy, I would be really happy. <laughs> anyway, hey, okay, so it's been cold for much of the country except for the West Coast. Guess what? Good news. Even though we've had temperatures way below average, anywhere from 10 to 20 degrees below average this week, well, look at this. Going into next week, we got a warmer flow of air for the eastern a third, two-thirds of the country. So from Bismarck, Minneapolis, Boston, down to Nashville and Charlotte, temperatures are going to be warming up next week. By Friday, Burlington, you're going to be 41, 50 in New York City. Cleveland, you'll be in the mid-40s, upper 30s in Minneapolis. Atlanta, you're going to be flirting with 70 degrees. And we're going to get some castor oil, too. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have a good old time. You're so, so just order a take I on. know. Y'all, we're so middle-aged. We're we excited we're like about ordering. the vitamin, getting old over 50 women Thing. Let's Hody, go. I just ordered it. You're going to get did. a bow. Let's it's gonna go. Be fantastic. Look at the bow they put on her cup. It's a long story. Everyone a wants to story. wear a bow. All right, here we go. Kaylee Hartung will be along. She's going to get us ready for this big playoff weekend in the NFL. Hi, Kaylee. Hey, good morning, guys. The number one seeds are rested up and ready to get the playoff party started in San Francisco and Baltimore. In Buffalo, get ready for the NFL's best quarterback rivalry. And here in Detroit, man, fans have waited a lifetime for this moment. Stay with us. We'll get you primed and ready. All right, Carson's here. Party can start officially. We're going to turn now to what is going to be a huge weekend in the NFL playoffs. Well, football fans will be glued to their TVs, their devices for the big divisional round games. Six kickoffs away from Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. NBC's Kaylee Hartung, she's already there. That's how excited she is at Ford Field (laughs) in Detroit. One of the big matchups about to get underway this weekend. Kaylee, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. There are still streamers in the rafters here at Ford Field. If last weekend is any indication, it's going to be absolutely electric here. As the Buccaneers come to town, thankfully, it's a lot warmer and drier indoors than it is in the city of Detroit right now. There were some big plays and even bigger upsets during the wild card round. So look forward to a weekend chock full of marquee matchups. It's Fandemonium in Detroit. After their first playoff win in 32 years, the Lions are roaring with momentum, just as the Buccaneers' confidence soars. Tampa Bay traveling to Detroit, underdogs again, after their demolition of the Eagles. The Texans, with rookie phenom C.J. Stroud, will go head-to-head with probable league MVP Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Baltimore. Hype. Antsy. Antsy, Cordell. The top-seeded Ravens are the heavy favorites, but the Texans have defied expectations all season. We believe in ourselves and we, we trust in ourselves to, to win games and, and hopefully win this game. 
and a rivalry revival as the Packers and 49ers face off in their 10th postseason matchup. Green Bay is the NFL's youngest team, led by quarterback Jordan Love, who's on a hot streak. A lot of people counted us out, and, you know, we didn't care about that. The 49ers have not lost a playoff game at home in more than a decade. The divisional round saving the biggest showdown for last under Sunday Night Lights. For the third time in the last four years, Patrick Mahomes and his Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs will battle Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. The Chiefs have twice ended the Bills' season, but this time Mahomes will be in unfamiliar territory, playing the first road playoff game of his career. After weathering the fourth coldest game in NFL history last weekend in Kansas City, speculation that Taylor Swift will once again travel to support her boyfriend, Chief star Travis Kelsey. And will she be joined by another member of the Kelsey family? Now that the Eagles season is over, fans are wondering if Travis's older brother, Jason, will be on hand too. Their brotherly bond at the center of their New Heights podcast. This week, Travis reflecting on Jason's last game amid reports he could retire. Clearly uh, a lot of motion at the end of this game. I was feeling it. I know Kylie, mom, dad, everybody that was at the game was feeling it. Kelsey mania never stops. So we are about three weeks away from the Super Bowl. The countdown is on. And if you are more of a music fan than a sports fan, we've got some news for you. Now, we've known for a while that Usher would be headlining halftime, but just announced you're going to have Reba McIntyre, Post Malone, and Andrew Day participating in the pregame festivities. Guys, the Super Bowl, it's got something for everybody, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Love that. Thank you, Kaylee. Yeah. By the way, you can Posty. watch Bucks and Lions battle it out at Ford Field, covered start Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here on NBC, streaming on Peacock as well. Reba's going to be singing the national anthem. I love Reba. Oh, yeah. cool. Reba, come on. All right, there you uh, go. Just said, Carson, we've, yep. got a, we've got a pop star item for you, buddy. Oh. Io Debris just sent us a brand new message about that viral moment yeah. at the Emmys. What she's saying you. and what she's showing us. Cousin. There's your clue. Okay. <laughs> He's got Carson's wallet. Uh-huh. 